Welcome to the Sheffield Digital Podcast. As you can tell, I'm not Ian Broom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mel Kennerek and I'm here with... Chris Diamond. Chris Diamond. That's my name. That's him. Um, Ian is off enjoying the fact that he has a new member of the family. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to Ian and Susie and a welcome to little Peggy Jean. Um, this is the bit of the podcast or one of the episodes of the podcast where we do news and views and updates for what's going on in Sheffield Digital and uh, it's just Chris and I so we'll do our best to stay coherent because we haven't got Ian here to keep us in line. (laughs) As always start off with some thanks to Rebel Base Media who are a specialist um, podcasting company based in Sheffield Tech Parks. They let us use their lovely podcasting studio to record this podcast and they offer a complete wraparound service. If you're thinking about doing podcasting or want to up your podcasting game, then they have loads of ways that they can help you and a platform for hosting your podcast as well. So we recommend getting in touch. So here we are. It's Friday the 13th of December, which is auspicious. Things have happened that we're not going to talk about. Um, And this is our last podcast for 2019 Mm -hmm. and our last podcast of the decade. I haven't quite been able to wrap my head around that it's nearly 2020. No. But it's just another... Is it important? I don't know. I don't think it is. It's Olympic year. Just another year. year. Yeah. (laughs) A leap year. It is, I think. Is that 2020? I think it's every Olympic year is a leap year. Oh, you're, you're testing my memory Someone now. correct me if I'm yeah. So let's start off with some good news. Uh, the first piece of good news we have is that we have a new sponsor, which is the law firm Keebles, mm-hmm. who are based in Sheffield, um, and we're absolutely delighted to have them on board. There's a blog post about them and uh sponsor profile on our website if you want to find out more about them Mm -hmm. but the reason that we're really pleased is that they've got a very um, open and friendly way of doing business they really fit with the culture of Sheffield Digital and they have a current practice in the technology industry Mm. but they want to learn from the industry from the businesses here in the city what do you need what are your problems how can a law firm serve you better so we're hopeful that over the course of 2020 we'll be able to do things with them that will allow you out there to um, feedback and communicate to them about the sorts of help that you need Mm. and allow them to provide an even better service So yeah. it's great to have good having a local legal company on board like that. It really is. Um, and uh, yes, stay tuned for more exciting stuff as we get into the new year. We're hoping to have another announcement in January um, about another sponsor, which will be of particular interest to freelancers and contractors and the companies that work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll tell you more about that next <laughs> yes, year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as we've actually signed the things that we need to sign. Yes. Things to be signed. Always important. Um, Last of all, the dates for the Sheffield Digital Festival in 2020 have been announced. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you've seen that on social media, but we'll be kicking off on Friday the 15th of May and running right the way through to Thursday the 21st of May. We'll do the main event on that last day on the 21st. We're hoping to have a kickoff party on Friday the 15th, which will be a great excuse for a party. And we've deliberately planned to include a weekend as well so that there can be activities that are aimed at the general 
population in Sheffield and families and yeah. kids and that kind of thing. Don't take people out of work necessarily. Exactly. So get your thinking caps on over the Christmas break. If there's something that you would like to run as part of the festival or you've got an idea of something that you would like to see happen or if there's someone you'd really like to hear come and speak, then please get in touch and let us know so we can see if we can help make that happen. Mm-hmm. Should, they, should people get in touch with you specifically, Mel? Yeah, they can come of- straight to me. That's absolutely fine. As usual, mel at sheffield.digital or Slack or Twitter or all those other channels. Um, I'd love to hear your ideas. Uh, we've got a really great uh, organising team, people who volunteered and stepped up to help do the organising, which is nice because that takes the load off Sheffield Digital and Field Design a little bit. Um, But it also means we're going to be able to do more stuff. We've got more time to plan it, so it'll be better organised. And we're aiming just to make it bigger and better all round. So, yeah. It's it's still a a platform for people to run their own events during that week and have them promoted under the festival umbrella or festival fringe yeah so we're we're very much going with that fringe model again um which is why we want people to think about things that they might like to run or if you've got a meetup that usually runs in that week you know bring that in under the festival banner um if there's a particular event that you've been thinking about doing for a while if you can schedule that during that week that would be amazing and um come january we'll be able to put the calendar live on the festival website again Mm. you'll be able to start uploading your ideas um if you need help finding a venue um help with getting organized then we've got enough people in the organizing team now that we should be able to help with that as well Excellent stuff. Yeah. Anything you want to add to the good newsiness, Chris? Oh, blimey. I don't know. Put you on the spot there. <laughs> um, I think there has been some good news. I, I guess, I mean, one of the pieces of good news is that um, What Makes Sheffield has launched. Yes. I don't know if you've talked about that previously or... Nope, we haven't. And it's not on my list of things to no, talk but about that's, either. That's quite a, quite a big thing. I mean, it's, um, it's basically um, Sheffield's placemaking marketing strategy or place marketing strategy I should say yeah um which has come out of their bid to become uh the the, uh, urban there's a um the city European city of the year wasn't it that's what it was European city of the year which is handed out by um the institute of urbanism yeah and Sheffield was um shortlisted in the final three uh and um that kind of coincided with a, a load of um, marketing that the city was doing or the kind of the coming together of a of marketing strategy. And uh, so we've kind of leveraged the, um, the people at City Growth, uh, Mark Mobs particularly, um, who's kind of now the marketing manager for selling Sheffield, um, leveraged the, the bid for European City of the Year into this What Makes Sheffield platform, which is now basically a, a digital expression of what Sheffield is about and, and you know, what, what, uh, what's important um, to the experience of living and working and setting up companies in Sheffield. So it has lots of different sections. Um, and there's l- quite a bit of information in there about the digital technology sector and industry, um, part of which we've kind of fed into with the quarterly briefing and things like that but it's yeah. it's a really interesting and visual expression of Sheffield it's something that we've really lacked for years is having a, a, a kind of a high quality online um, you know view of what Sheffield is about and how it ticks and who's involved and what kind of things are here so uh, it's really nice to see and it's really nice to see that it's kind of set up to change as well so that content can be refreshed 
yeah, fairly it's, easily. It's got a great vibe to it. Mm. And I think uh, Mark's done a really good job of reflecting the essential Sheffieldiness mm. of Sheffield. Um, and the the thing about the way that Mark has set it up is that he really wants people to contribute and he wants it to be a live site that evolves and, and catches up and, and reflects what's going on. So if you're looking at the site and thinking, oh, I need something about this on it, I need something on about that on it, then you can get in touch with Mark and mm. he'll want to know. And he wants people to share it as well. So, yeah, you know, do your social media thing with it, share it around your friends and yeah. generally help make noise because yeah. Marketing Sheffield doesn't have massive budgets. So they're really relying on on the power of the crowd to to push this new messaging out as yeah. far as we can yeah um Cheville did didn't win european city of the year i should probably just make that clear um i think i can't never remember. mind um but the fact that it was shortlisted for the last three um was was a really really quite a big deal yeah um but also i think you know it, it sets it sets the city up for future bids as well so you know it's we've talked you know about the fact that there isn't a good place marketing uh, kind of, um, you know, function in Sheffield for quite a long time. It hasn't been since kind of the early part of the decade, really. Yeah. We've kind of gone quite a long time without without a really good set of central messages coming out. So it's really good to see this into the new decade. It is. Okay, so should we talk about what we've been up to since yep. three weeks ago? Yes, where's, yeah. yeah, we need Ian's intro. We need, to, we need to record his intros and just play them or something on a... Oh, well, I'm sure that it, when when Ian listens to this, when he does all his editing magic and gets it ready for uploading, I'm sure he will cut, paste and generally tidy us up. <laughs> so we had the Christmas showcase last night. You did, yeah. Yeah, did we have fun? Yeah, well, yeah. you were in the audience. I, I enjoyed it, yeah. I, How about you? I had as much fun as I could have. <laughs> Being kind of, yeah, on stage and desperately trying to remember what to say yeah no but, um, it, it was great we had a good turnout it was lovely to see yeah. and also some new faces i yeah. think that's the interesting thing is every showcase you get different people in the audience yeah as well as some of the you know the people you know really well so that was fantastic and and we had some really great presentations yeah i was really pleased with the i mean you know every every showcase we've done has been we've got some great people up talking and it was really you know we, I, we always try and have a balance of you know, large companies, small companies, different kinds of project, different areas of activity, different kinds of people up speaking. I, I think it was it had good variation. Yeah. I was pleased with it. And they were all all the talks were videoed again, weren't yep. they? So they'll be up on YouTube mm -hmm. and I think Ian also takes the audio and turns them into yeah, podcasts. All, all the audio yeah. audio was recorded off the off the desk. So we'll put Brilliant. that out as a as a podcast special as well, yeah. hopefully. And when's the next one going to be? Um so it's every three months. Um I haven't spoken to Cara at the workstation yet about the next one, but I'm expecting it to be kind of um March. Mar end of March, yeah, yeah. Last last Thursday in March is probably okay. what we're gonna what we're gonna target. Yeah. So again, if, spring if, one. if you're out there and thinking you'd really like to come and tell us about a project you're working on yeah. or something that you've achieved or a challenge that you've been through recently. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, you it's know, a, get in touch and let us know. The, the, the purpose of it is to showcase what is produced here. Yeah. Um, whether that's a service or a new product or a campaign or, um, uh, or, you know, we had, we had the robotics team from the UTC on stage yesterday who were about to, to start their, uh, 2019 2020 campaign in the wex 
uh, robotics championships. They brought their robot along. Um, as it is currently, obviously it's in constant development. Um, their their first competition is the regionals in Sunderland on the fifteenth of January, I think. Um, so lots of different things, but but it's all, you know, it's really a showcase um, to promote the kind of things that get made here, and a, a lot of things are you know really high quality stuff gets made here that people maybe aren't aware of, um, and both within the industry and and just in the wider city. So so it's really we want that balance of industry people and more general interest people who are just interested to see what what is being produced here mm. um so so hence the format the kind of conversational format that we have yeah. where it's not too geeky um, <laughs> but or, but really you know really interesting I and mean, i think we, yeah. you know we really i really enjoy drawing out some of these things out of the people that are coming and presenting yeah yeah. And I always find, even though I think I'm fairly hooked into what's going on in the city, there's always something I didn't know was going on yeah. or some aspect of a, what a particular company's working on that's news to me. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the time great. there's something that maybe you know about or have heard about but, or loosely aware of. Yeah. But actually, you know, hearing someone in conversation for 10 or 12 minutes about the thing and seeing it in action is... Yeah. It's, uh, it's really fascinating. It's very good. So, yes, if you've got an idea... Hit us up, let mm -hmm. us know. Chris, you've been doing some work on the Keep a Seat Free initiative. Working title, yes. Well, working title, <laughs> Keep a... <laughs> I'm doing the inverted commas yeah, thing here. Um, tell, tell us a bit about that. Um, so uh, this, is, this is looking at uh, work placements, um, so student work placements from Sheffield Hallam. Um, I'm working with their computing department to see if there's a way that we can reduce the friction of... Um, of hosting work placements. Uh, so understanding what the challenges are, um, both from employers and from the university and, and the course leaders and students, um, and seeing if we can kind of come up with creative solutions to address those. So part of it, to me, is about standardising. There's this, there's this constant kind of, um, uh, I don't know, this is kind of... Uh, this behaviour where a lot of these things are just kind of done bespoke, yeah, you know, and the people that are organising or trying to place students at the university are under a lot of pressure to place a lot of students, more students now because there's a corporate directive um, strategy at, at Hallam to to provide three weeks of work placement to every every student in every year. And in computing, that specifically means first years. The second and third year, they kind of have covered. Um, but so they're under pressure to place students. And so they're, they're basically horse trading a lot of the time with companies um, to, to shape, you know, the placement to the, the company's needs, um, which is fine. And, and, you know, they can kind of maximise the value, but it's solved on an individual basis and it doesn't scale. Well, that's just it. And there's no way they can deliver, no. what did you say, 400, 400, 400, 400 a year? A year. Mm -hmm. um, that's just... From one department. Yeah, impossible to coordinate yeah. on, a, on an individual, on an individual basis. basis so, yeah. so really this scheme is like, how, how can we reduce the friction and standardise it so that... The university knows what, what they get, the students know what they get, the companies know what they need to provide and what they're going to get. And, you know, it's a matchmaking thing. And it's just kind of, uh, you know, it, it can be turned into a behaviour, you know. Yeah. It's just, this is just how, how you do it. And it may not be the be-all and end-all. It may be that, you know, individual companies do other things on top. 
um, you know, one of the things I should maybe just um, backtrack a little. So this this idea has been discussed amongst people um, for the last six months or so, at least. Right. And it's got to the point where the department wants to try a, a pilot um, and they want to engage with some companies to be trialists. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want that to kind of start in the new semester, which, you know, so maybe February or March. And um, I organised a working lunch at the university to bring some employers together. So I, I engaged about 40 of our members and other companies that um, I thought would be would be appropriate, you know, that would put a broad, you know, not, you know, broad range of different size of companies. Um, and we had, we had a, a kind of working lunch session earlier this week. Um, and it, it, there was a lot of companies showed interest. A lot of companies actually turned up. You were there. Yeah, yeah um, it was really good. It was, yeah, we just fit around the table. Yeah. It was like a massive table <laughs> in uh, Aspect Court. Um, uh, and yeah, so we, on the one hand, we don't want, um, individual companies to offer too much because it basically creates a comp- too much competition in the ecosystem mm. for these uh, for these placements. But equally, we don't want them to not offer very you know enough because then there's no value to the student and the students don't want to take it up. Yeah. So there's all of these questions over over how much support you provide and how simple can it can it be and you know whether people should be anonymous and just allocated um, placements or whether there's a kind of cherry picking on both sides, both mm. from the students and from the company's point mm. of view and all of these kind of things. And also how the time is allocated, because it, it actually turns out that, um, you know, the the university or the, the department isn't able to uh, release students in blocks. Um, it, you know, they can, they can retime with, you know, within their, their constraints, they can retimetable to provide a day a week. Yeah. Uh, and it has free. to be the same day every week. It has week. to be the same day every yeah. week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's there's all of these questions. So so this this you know this kind of the the out there is an outline design for this pilot emerging basically, which mm. which I'm going to write up and and share. Mm. There's a there's a there's a cohort, a mailing list of companies that have expressed interest in this. If anybody out there is also interested in in being part of this process, wants to be part of the pilot, wants to just to stay involved and 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 kind of um, informed of what's going on, drop me a line and I'll add you to the list. Um, I created a, a new official work placements uh, channel on Slack um, yesterday to have to continue some of this conversation online in a, in a forum that makes sense um and yeah we'll we'll carry on working with the computing department at Hallam to mm. try and get this pilot up and running and see how it pans out yeah and we can keep people posted yeah. on this podcast as well good okay um what else have we been doing uh i went to a uk tech cluster group meeting mm. in cardiff yeah. i'd never been to cardiff before that was fun <laughs> no it's it's a really i didn't get to see a lot of the city but i had a good walk around the city center and they've got some impressive architecture it's yeah. really nice um and the parliament building and i didn't get to see the parliament building unfortunately i don't think well it's an assembly know. isn't it yeah anyway Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Lots. Of, I found nice coffee shops. That's important. Ah, uh, <laughs> I don't know anything about this meeting, actually, so I should just interview you about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can interview me if you like. I've got some notes here. Go on. Give me your best shot. Why did you go to <laughs> Cardiff, Mel? 
Uh, we went to Cardiff because uh, one of the members of the UK Tech Cluster Group represents Cardiff and Wales, and we tried to move the meetings around okay. each. So it was that re- their rotation. So it was like. their turn, mm-hmm. um, and they have a, actually they have a really nice um, co-working space called the Tram Shed because it's in old okay, tram yeah. sheds. Um, and the thing that struck me about it, you know, it's done up exactly as you would expect a co-working <laughs> space to be, um, but it was full and it was really buzzy. There was mm. loads, like quite often you go into co-working spaces, there are, you know, sort of a third half occupied and it's deadly quiet and yeah. everyone's got their headphones on and that's that. But there, I don't know if it was just the day that we were there or what but it was completely full and there were loads and loads of conversations going on and uh loads of people going oh hi how are you and and this kind of thing and i liked that mm. i liked the energy of mm. it and i thought you know that's for me that's part of what co-working should be about is that energy and if you're having trouble concentrating then you know put your headphones on or yeah. go and find the quiet corner but that that struck me um the focus of the meeting was to try and do some thinking about where does the tech cluster group go next? What do we do next? Because we mm. were quite successful earlier this year in getting attention at uh, DCMS and other yeah. departments. Mm-hmm. We did actually go to number 10 as well, as you remember. Yeah. Um, of course, it's now someone different there. Um, so we talked about how do we build on that and what do we want to achieve for the tech industry outside of London. And the kinds of things that were coming out were, first of all, as a as an industry, as representatives of the, the clusters, we need to get louder and be more demanding of government and mm. more overt about what it is we actually want from mm-hmm. them, um, which is encouraging. And there was lots of talk about, well, what do we want and how do we best articulate that? And there's some work going on in the background to, mm-hmm. to create that. I think now that uh, the election is over and we know where we stand, um, we'll be looking to have conversations at department level again yeah, yeah. to pick up on the ones that we had earlier this year. Um, we also talked about the fact that we needed to have some key policies so that we say, you know, the UK Tech Cluster Group stands for these things. These mm. are the policies we want to push that we can all get behind. And it might be around something like skills. It might be around startup and scale up. It might be around funding, you know, the, the usual things that we talk about, but actually having a platform that says, this is what the UK Tech Cluster Group yeah. says about these things. And <laughs> someone said something and I had to write it down because I loved it. And, and the way he said it was, Basically, what we need to tell these people is it is rocket science and you don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah. I need to get that on a T-shirt. That was a good <laughs> motto to go by. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, one of the other things we talked about is what role um, tech clusters have to play in encouraging digital adoption in other sectors. Right. And that's interesting because up until now, I mean, certainly... With Sheffield Digital, we've we've been for and about our sector. Yeah, and certainly Tech Nation is. I yeah. Mean, part yeah. of this is how is the tech cluster group different from Tech Nation, and you know, so can can government reach you know have the effect that they're trying to have? Yeah. By um, diverting some of the five point three million quid they give to Tech Nation every year to the tech clusters. So it's really interesting that you say that without any prompting from me, because that <laughs> I would say the first hour of our meeting was talking about Tech Nation, um, <laughs> what it's good at and what we think it's not so good at. Yeah. And 
the tricky thing is how do we communicate that to government in a constructive way? Mm. Because there's no good going in and saying, we think technation is not fit for purpose, um, which is, by the way, is not what I'm saying. Um, but as a, for example, if you went into the department that has sponsored Technation and say, basically, we think you've been really done with what you've done with your money, then they're not going to listen to that. They won't want to hear that. What we have to do is talk about the positives and how we, and what's missing and how does the cluster, cluster group fill in those missing things. Mm. Um, and that's something that, is being discussed and worked on. Yeah, so so one of the things that came out of the um, the meetings that were happening in the summer was that um, you know, uh, DCMS via Codec um, engaged with cluster groups to deliver the No Deal Brexit yep. um, events that that we ran. Yeah, we ran one of. Obviously, there were you know, other clusters around the country ran theirs. Do we did we get any feedback from from government, from DCMS, as to whether or not they thought that was a good experiment, because that was really putting the toe in the water. Like, rather than paying Tech Nation, who were in, who were involved, to do the engagement, will um, you know pay the cluster groups mm. directly? Did they feel like they got the the engagement that they that they were expecting? Do they th- think that they got the engagement that they would have had they have just allowed Tech Nation to do it? Yeah. That's a really big question. Uh, yeah, it is a really big question. It's a good one to ask. I mean, I, d- mm. I don't think anyone's asked them that question. I doubt they've thought of that question themselves. So it would be a good one to go back to them with. Yeah. Um, I think that model of using the clusters for regional engagement is really interesting because Tech Nation are, are spread very thin. They you are. know, um, yeah. I mean, in Yorkshire and the Humber, we have one very hardworking person mm. and sh- there's just no way she can have the network that each of the you know, organisations like Sheffield, Sheffield Digital, Manchester Digital, et cetera, et cetera, you know, the networks that we have, no. you can't expect one person to replicate that. So it makes sense to tap into where we're strong and use us for those things. Um, I think there is st- still some feeling that it's very much uh, top-down London-driven, mm. London-centric, and that that's not useful. Mm. Um, but it's how you address that in a constructive way. Mm. Um, and how you frame an ask that is positive. So, so is that where this idea of um, you know uh, applying digital to the wider economy comes from? Because it is obviously not an area that Tech Nation are pursuing. That, is it, that, so, is it that, like this is this is something that the clusters could do that Tech Nation isn't doing, and therefore we wouldn't? So that wasn't people. wasn't actually the the train of thought. The train of thought was more that the clusters are being asked to do it anyway. Right. Um, you know particularly the more established yeah. organisations like... I should resist. Bristol and, <laughs> uh, you know, and Manchester and yeah. um, Newcastle and Gateshead and Sunderland. Um, and we've been asked the same thing yeah, here yeah. in well, Sheffield. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe there is a role for us to play. If you say that, you know, one of the reasons that these cluster organisations exist mm. is for the economic development of the regions that they sit in, then that economic development is not about one sector, it's about all the sectors in the region. And if there's a pool of expertise sitting there in a cluster, why wouldn't you want to share that with other industries? And we see, I mean, with the Digital Meat Manufacturing Initiative Mm -hmm. here in Sheffield City region, 
we're seeing that starting to happen already. So yeah, that sexual engagement, I mm. think, is makes sense. I mean, you know, you're not going to litigate the conversation that you had. This is about the meeting that you had in Cardiff. Cardiff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But an interesting topic of it conversation. It was very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, so we'll see how things shape up. I mean, the some of the other cluster organisations that are you know more established than we are, so have staff yeah. and policy teams and all that kind of thing. Yeah. They're doing the heavy lifting on this, yeah. but. Um, the other, the smaller networks like Sheffield always get consulted. I always get a chance to feed in to, um, you know, to come back out to the community and, what, and say, what do we think about this um, and to help shape the stuff that eventually will take to central government. Mm. So I think it's really valuable that we're part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And that we're, you know, we're seen as part of this group. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I, I, as I said you know, many times before, I, I, I would, I'd love to see a, a proper piece of research done on it. Mm. You know, there, there's nobody has ever looked at the economic impact of these cluster groups. These mm. and they, they, there's lots of different models. A lot of them are motivated by individual people that decided it was a good thing and maybe borrowed an idea off somewhere else. Um, but they exist all over the place, and they and they're they're working really, really hard. And you know, some of them live and die and disappear. <laughs> and you know, some of them are supported institutionally and through public money, and some of them are completely private. And you know, they all kind of do similar things, but not all the same things. Mm. And they all have different governance. And um, I didn't, no one's ever looked at it in comparison. And like, you know, what model works best, and what has the overall impact been, and yeah. and you know, all of this stuff. I, th- I think it's a really fascinating topic. It's, Sounds like know. a great PhD for somebody. It does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was my trip to Cardiff. Cool. Well, goes to Cardiff. Um, last thing. Mm. Uh, Ben Ather from the Developer Academy yeah. ran a skills roundtable at Collider. Okay, he um, was on our he was on our podcast earlier this year. Yes, I think, he was it? on our podcast earlier this year, um, and he got together a bunch of different people, some businesses, some uh, sector people, some skills and education people, mm-hmm. and um, Simon Cookson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say compared, but that's not the right word. Facilitated. <laughs> Facilitated the session, did it extremely well. Yeah. And we it was a really great group and we had some really good discussions and um, some there was real enthusiasm around the room to tackle the challenges that we face around digital skills. And this is skills for the tech industry right. and digital technical skills for the other sorts of industry that need high level skills. Mm. We're not talking about the general, um, you know, digital enablement and, yes. and you know, can everybody use a computer? Sort yes, of yes. So not the not the things that you were talking about just a minute ago in terms of dig- digital to the wider economy. But um, no, not so much skills as it as it as it supports. Yeah, the tech yeah, industry. definitely. Yeah. Um, and uh, a couple of ideas came out of that. the The whole session is being written up. Um, Claire Fletcher came along and, okay. and acted as note taker, and mm-hmm. she's—I can actually see on my phone that she's now posted something for me to check. Okay. That she's written up, so cool. hopefully That'll we'll be, be able to publish that, about that really soon. Um, <coughs> one of the ideas was the fact that there, and I'm sure I've talked about this before, there needs to be a person whose job it is to coordinate the interaction between tech businesses and education, yeah. um, in order to 
in the same way as you were talking about with the work placements, make it frictionless, take the pain out, uh, make it straightforward, make it simple for everybody involved um, and someone who can manage the constraints that schools have around when they can have people come in mm -hmm. and the constraints that businesses have about how easy it is for them to release people. Yeah. So, um, and, and people sort of looked meaningfully at me across the table and said, well, this is something Sheffield Digital should do. And I said, I agree. How do you propose that we pay for it? <laughs> and then there were some really good ideas around the table about how that might be paid for, right. which I don't want to go into mm -hmm. yet because I think there's some work that needs to be done in order to mm -hmm. make that clearer. But I think there it was great to have ideas from the community mm. about, okay, we think this is something worth doing and here are ways that perhaps it could be financed. Yeah. There's a much stronger ask as well. If it, if it turns into a proposal that goes to funding bodies. Exactly. Um, yeah. Locally and regionally. Yeah. And it, to look at it, then, it feels like now is the time to, yeah. to come up with that clear proposal. Yeah. Out, out of interest, um, did any of the subsectoral consideration come up in that? I'm still interviewing you. <laughs> um, because one of the things that has kind of become a bit clearer looking at edtech recently is that um, you know part of that process and part of really kind of concentrating on those on those four pillars of the local e digital economy is to understand what the skills requirements are in those subsectors uh. and to have educators shape their offer to those subsectors because there is a direct need for skilled people in those areas. Yeah. And I think that's a really strong argument. Like, you know, the policy and economic development people I've been talking to at the region, that that's a different, that's a much more specific ask. Mm. And it's, it's really interesting. And I completely agree with you that that's a sensible way to go. The, the specifics that were talked about were more about um, from the businesses in the room. These are the skills we need now, right. um, yeah. and but those businesses weren't. But, but they weren't. They weren't talking defined. about their specific subsector. They were talking about my business yeah. and what what I need um, and what I think I'm going to need in the future. Mm. Uh, but that was all useful. It's all been captured and. and mm -hmm. And I've had a chance to see what Claire's written, then hopefully I can share it. <laughs> yeah, um, I was just interested. Yeah. You know. The other um, idea that was floated was to create a regular, um, I've, in my notes I called it a tech leaders dinner, but ah. I guess what we're talking <laughs> about is an opportunity for um, the, manager, the managing directors and CEOs yeah. and founders of tech businesses in the city yeah. to come together and talk about issues and yeah. stuff um on a fairly regular basis and it's something it's a really I've, good really good idea yeah something i've wanted to do for a while yeah. so i'm going to move that well, up the list back in the day that's what um alan lyons at creative sheffield organized he didn't think that, I mean, he had lyons den which yeah. was generally it wasn't sector specific it, then, no it was wasn't it? it was mainly manufacturing businesses because mm. it kind of reflected the established business community but, yeah. he, but he started a, a digital lion's den and I, I think that's that is actually that's where i met um andy mayer for the first oh, wow. time it's where i met um lee strafford for the first time oh. yeah there weren't many of them maybe oh. three yeah. <laughs> not even but yeah basically evenings out with about 20 people yeah yeah but all leaders of local tech companies yeah 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 it would be great to do do that again yeah. maybe not the way that Alan did it. No, but, but, but in a, a different way. Different way. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. So 
So that was the Skills Roundtable and a big thanks to Ben for organising it. I thought it was really valuable. So. <laughs> Here we are at the end of a decade. We've been talking for a while. <laughs> what do we think? Quick look back, quick look forward. Yeah. I'm finding it quite hard to look back and this feels like so much happened in 2019. It's hard to pick out. Do you remember Highlights? before 2019? <laughs> Can I you don't. remember what it was like before 2019? No, I, I remember doing <laughs> this, doing a podcast, but doing it remotely. So I was at home on, I mm. think we were all on Skype and yeah. Ian was recording yeah, us off Skype. That's right. And we were we talking did. about the year that's gone by. And oh my God, that was only a year yeah. ago. Yeah. So one thing that's happened is we now have this awesome podcasting studio to record in. True that. Uh, there's all the amazing stuff going on at Collider. Um, which it had only just opened. Yeah, uh, April at, it opened. Yeah, um, we've got festival. the festival. We did the festival. We're going to do the festival again. Awards. The awards happened. Yeah, they are supposed to be happening again next year. I just yeah. don't quite know when, where, how. Um, iLab opened. Twinkle yeah. Hive. Yeah. I mean, I think. So much. It, it would not surprise me if you look back at 2019 as the watershed year, really. Ah, nice bit of editorial there. <laughs> well, it's also been, it's been the year of showcases. Yeah. Um, we started the first showcase a year ago, but it was a different format. So Spring yeah. Showcase was the first time we did the onstage chatty thing. Yeah. Um, but also all of the conversation that led up to the quarterly briefing and mm. it's... Um, yeah, it was like a maturing, I think. Yeah, I I would really agree with you. And, and I feel like next year needs to be the year that we build on that and kind of bring some stuff to fruition. Yeah. feels like there's been a lot of groundwork laying for the next phase this year. And mm. the question in my mind is, can we deliver on that yeah. next year? That's yeah. going to be the challenge, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Can, can, can we deliver value to some, some other stakeholders Yeah. and build the regional economy and, and keep the community engaged and, you know, do more, you know, to make working in the tech industry here in Sheffield a, a good, a good place, a good place, a good fun nice where people thing. are supported, where, yeah. you know, there's a lot of interesting things happening and they feel like there's someone who's got their back. Yeah. And and that we that we, people could work with, and mm. that we stay approachable, and these kind of things. Mm. Um, but but very much, I think the attention is is now very very much on the tech industry, mm. where it wasn't before. Yeah, I think we really have we have got ourselves noticed now, yeah. and people are listening, and people want to know. They're asking us, you know, what do you need? Yeah. What should we be doing? Um, how can we? make things better mm. so that i think that's a huge achievement actually and we kind of yeah it's it just goes on and we're like yeah yeah that's happening but actually yay us for for having got to that point yeah yeah, yeah. without 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 being anywhere i think you know there's so one of the things that keeps striking me is uh and I, I guess i was thinking about this partly because someone came looking for us at the workstation <laughs> the other day and of course we went there. we're virtual <laughs> But, you know, we said a few years ago that the city could have 10 incubators or, or 10, 10 tech accelerators, you know. There's, mm. a, there's enough talent, there's enough, you know, there's enough going on, there's enough people that, uh, that we could, you know, we could, that, you know, 
what ultimately became Kaleido was was great, creating a tech hub. But mm. really, we could have lots more than that. Yeah. And as it's turned out, we now have at least four, if not five, permanent you know, tech accelerators. And I think there's going to be more. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to see this really, you know, really start to grow. Um, but we're kind of, I think, seen a little bit as the honest broker in all of this. We're not aligned with any particular one. Mm. Obviously, tech parks are kind of, we found a member of ours and we work closely with, with tech parks. But even tech parks is a not-for-profit. It's not, you know, it's a different kind, you know. It, it, it's well, it's part, held of, in trust. part of the, econom- the economic development yeah, scene here, it is. isn't it? Yeah, and it has been for thirty years. Yeah, but it's 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 a very different kind of thing than it was a couple of years ago. Yes. you know, I mean the Cooper Project and Cooper Lounge, and you know, it, it really all of its its original ambition to become an accelerator of of new businesses. Um, it just it turned into a workspace really, mm. and and now it's something different. It's something, um, you know, more inclusive and more yeah. more um more nurturing. Um. But yeah, so I, I think, I think yeah, we need to prove that we we are that honest broker in a way, and we need to keep doing as James said in our interview earlier. You know, do that role of holding everything together and yeah. you know telling the narrative and joining things up and letting yeah. people know what's going on yeah. and, and being the the glue that tries to make sense of all of this, yeah. so that people can in, in, can interact with it. Yeah, I, I think. Talking to James just really reminded me how important that narrative creation and amplification is. It's it's so easy for that to slip away when mm. you're doing all the doing, but I actually think it's one of the most important things that Sheffield Digital can do mm. is to be the place to go where you hear these stories, where you can understand what are we talking about when we talk about the tech industry in, in the city, in the city region. Yeah. So... Yeah, should be good. So, have you got a a resolution for Sheffield Digital for twenty twenty, <laughs> Chris? <laughs> um, I forgot a resolution. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I said. So you know, um, I think it was James um, before the podcast earlier um, asked me how I'm doing, and I said I'm doing just enough not to have anything f- fall apart in utter. <laughs> you're just holding it together (laughs) (laughs) i know that feeling it seems like it seems like that that's my resolution to operate at maximum efficiency which is basically just on the verge of everything collapsing at every moment yeah so um, that's interesting you were saying that because i was going to say my resolution is for sheffield digital not to kill me yeah Yeah, (laughs) which is a bit dramatic but (laughs) i you know i think that's it and i think that's it maybe for, for both of us but i i i think you know there's uh, you know, you, you kind of you 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 risk repeating yourself over previous years and saying, "Oh, I, I you know, I look into the future and I, I see it all working out," kind of <laughs> thing. But um, I think maybe there is a path to um, to maintaining this this way of working and delivering the things that I think the groundwork that we've set up this year in terms of turning things into products that we can repeat and get more efficient at doing, yeah. and that can. Um, yeah, can be financially viable, you know, through sponsorship or, or whatever. Mm. Um, uh, I that's my resolution. I want yeah. I want to make sure that that happens. Yeah, you know, it's not oh I want to do this 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 other great idea thing yeah. that actually overstretches the organisation and our ability to cope and, mm. and the whole thing falls down. Mm. You know, I want 
and and it's not equally it's not that I want to just consolidate and do no more than you know what we have been um but I, I want the things that we've kind of committed to I want to, I want to deliver them yeah and I want to deliver value to our community and to you know the 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 wider city and and region who we're increasingly working you know on a on a new basis with which mm. is really really refreshing it's mm. so different from what it was before so yeah well that sounds like a good resolution i'll, I'll go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously you know I, I want you not to leave and you know collapse in a heap no no i i've you know, i've i'm fairly too much, fairly too good much at pulling back just before i collapse yeah. in a heap so uh, i will yeah, continue maybe to do maybe that. you know easing our load a little bit yeah yeah so there are upcoming events to yeah. talk about very quickly. So, um, Chris, why don't you do the events? Okay. Um, so this the first one we've got in our list here is from the seventh is on the seventeenth, which is sometime next week. Yes. Um, I'm not sure what day it is at the moment, but it's the thirteenth, isn't it? So it is Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, this will be Tuesday, I guess, or something. Like that. Anyway, uh, Sheffield ML Sheffield Machine Learning uh, Meetup is on the seventeenth, and um, there's another Digital Meets Manufacturing Lunch on the eighteenth. Uh, also on the 18th is Shrug's Festive Meal. So that's the uh, Sheffield Ruby Group user group. Um, they're having their Christmas meal. Uh, then on the 19th, which presumably must be the Thursday, uh, is Immerse Sheffield. They're doing a, a Christmas gaming special. So um, I might I might be up for that. That yeah. sounds like a good thing to do before Christmas. I might bring my kids along. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we're got the last geek brekkie of the year on the 20th on the friday morning and we're back uh the week after chris after the new year so third of january i think we'll be back um not to say that people can't go there anyway it's just that i'm not going to be there um that's all doesn't mean it's not happening necessarily if you want to go uh then every friday evening in january uh, sheffield hackspace have got open evening so if you want to go along and see what the hackspace offers there at portland works um, you can go on a Friday evening. Um, and on the 7th of January, we've got .NET Chef. They're doing lightning talks. Um, and on the 9th, we've got Go Sheffield. So people interested in Go, the Go language, Google's language. Um, and then on the 15th, it's .NET Chef Connect 4 Game Bot with David Betteridge. Sounds interesting. Does. Um, I've also got something else to announce, actually. I've just got the date through for the next Smart Sheffield, um, which... I think will be the 13th. Is that right? It's the Monday. Yeah, the 13th. Excellent. Uh, will be Smart Sheffield and it'll be at the in the Diamond Building in the Mindsphere Lounge. And it's probably going to be looking at security in smart cities. Okay, great. And just very quickly, a couple of thank yous to some new company members that we have. Um, HR Media. PR company have joined us so we mm -hmm. now have two PR companies yes. as members which I think is marvellous because that shows uh, that the PR industry is recognising that yeah. we've got a story to tell here in Sheffield yeah, that's so right. really glad to have them on board yeah, look forward to working with them and also a startup called Starling who do document control software for manufacturing mm -hmm. and I think we'll be hearing from them at the March showcase yes. as well yeah. so that's something to look forward to um, so now I will try and do an Ian, which is to say, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
please subscribe to the show um, on uh, you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or whichever app you prefer to use, for example, Overcast or Pocket Casts. Uh, you can find out more on our website at sheffield.digital forward slash podcast. Please spread the word and leave a review. And it just leaves me and Chris to say that we wish you a very, very happy Christmas and a peaceful, healthy, kind new year. Rich good über, as they say in Switzerland, which means have a happy slide into the new year. That sounds good to me. <laughs> See you on the other side, everybody. Bye.